When I say can you dig it, put your two hands up like that. Welcome back to another episode of Can You Dig It, a podcast by SilverScreenAndRoll.com. I'm Christian Rivas, back hosting because I have Wi-Fi. A little round of applause for that. How many uh, weeks also, after moving? <laughs> like two, two or yeah. three. It's been a minute. Um, and also because my good pal and co-host Jacob is feeling a little under the weather. Uh, aside from that, I can't imagine you feel worse than i do right now <laughs> i uh the worst time to get sick is like during your weekend which is exactly what happened to me so i spent my days off this weekend uh curled up in my bed coughing but not sleeping um but yeah having said all that can't imagine it's worse than what how dodger fans feel right now because back-to-back brutal losses walk-off losses uh i it as a neutral who always watches the playoffs as a neutral it's fun but i know what it's like to be on those types of losses so i feel your pain bud you know what it's like to lose on back-to-back errors (laughs) okay not specifically how you lost but losing in a heartbreaking fashion yes i listen i was sitting in the Reds stadium, their last real playoff series and watch Buster Posey hit a grand slam to the moon. And uh, so I, I one I was rooting for the giants that last series. And two, I've experienced a little bit of playoff baseball heartbreak, not a lot, but I, uh, I don't know. Many teams have experienced back-to-back losses on the airs. Feels bad. Um, Having been in this industry for a minute now, I think next year will mark five years since I've been paid to write about basketball or sports in just some capacity. I, you lose like some of the emotion, or at least I have. I shouldn't speak for everybody. I've lost some of the emotion uh, when it comes to watching basketball specifically. Baseball, man. I feel like a kid again watching postseason baseball. And uh, yeah, I'm not in the best of moods, but I can look ahead to not only game three, but Lakers base uh, basketball. Cut God. Lakers baseball would be a lot of fun. Who'd be the best <laughs> baseball player on the Lakers? I, I mean, my default answer is always going to be LeBron James, but Russ would be an incredible center. Oh, absolutely. Like, Imagine Russ and Mookie. They have a picture together, uh, which is my wallpaper on my desktop. <laughs> um, but Russ yeah. and Mookie in the outfield would be incredible. Correct. Uh, so, yeah, we have game three to look forward to in Los Angeles. And also, opening night, Lakers, Warriors. Lakers are back in what? is primed to be the most regular regular season that they've played in in a minute last season they avoided a lot of the hurdles that 
uh, teams had to deal with when it came to COVID protocols and, and things like that, for the most part, obviously there was uh, Dennis Schroeder and Marcus all and, but it was, it was a pretty normal season. The biggest difference is the turnaround, which we were hoping led to, you know, having a, a healthy roster on opening night. That's obviously not the case. But between Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis, they should be able to get something done. We thought today uh, would it would be a good idea to not only preview uh, Tuesday's game, but preview the, the season as a whole through the lens of giving our predictions. Um, these don't always age well. So we are putting our our li- our uh, I, reputations. I was going to say we're putting our lives on our line. Was what I was originally going to say. What in the is... world did you just predict? <laughs> we didn't tell each other our predictions, and man, you must have went crazier than I did. This is uh, Squid Game, the podcast. <laughs> um, but I guess there is no better way to start it than just getting right into it, Jacob. What is your first prediction for the? 2021-22 Los Angeles Lakers. So I went kind of bold with some of mine. I I don't think they're hot takes, but I my first prediction is AD will win defensive player of the year. I I kind of base that off he was about the only Laker who looked good this preseason. Uh he spoke after Thursday's game, said he was healthy. His body felt good. He looked really good. We talked about it many times this uh, preseason. He looked really good this preseason. Uh, He looks fully in gear. I think he won't get the numbers statistically, or there's a lot of other reasons he won't really be in the MVP race. But I could see him being in that defensive player of the year race because uh, the Lakers are going to suck defensively outside of him. He's going to be really important. And I think there could be some like voter fatigue with Giannis and Rudy Gobert uh, kind of winning it the last handful of years. So mm-hmm. uh, I I think there's a decent chance that uh, AD could win defensive player of the year. I, I also think he's going, I could go one of two ways he's just not going to be in consideration because the momentum that he had gained was all but lost last year or people totally buy into uh, if he has a strong start to the season that Anthony Davis is back. uh, He's back and better than ever. The Lakers are, you know, a decent defensive team with personnel that, you know, aren't, (laughs) the best on that end um (laughs) that's awfully nice and we we talked about this a a bit last week but if the lakers are going to stay afloat defensively it is going to start with anthony davis and what he's able to do um i don't know if there is a ranking uh or part of the part of the league that i think should dictate whether or not anthony davis gets defensive player of the year i mean if if that was the case two years ago, he, he probably should have been the defensive player of the year. Uh, not to bring Alex Caruso up, but Alex Caruso in his <laughs> uh, media day availability said, 
straight up that Anthony Davis should have been the de- defensive player of the year two years ago. I, I appreciated that. So um, I think it kind of borders on bold uh, mm-hmm. for all of the aforementioned reasons, but I wouldn't be surprised to see it. I, I think he's going to be really motivated to prove that he's still that dude on both ends of the floor, which like we've said before is stupid. Like a year ago, he was that dude, but whatever. Yeah. I digress. <laughs> well, I was, I was just going to say, I was looking at FanDuel Sportsbook and he is tied for second favorite uh, to win defensive play of the year. Rudy Gobert's first Anthony Davis is tied with Ben Simmons, who I don't even know <laughs> if he's going to play where he's going to play. Giannis is right behind them, and then Miles Turner. So it's not terribly bold. I have a I have a, I have a bolder one in here, but uh, yeah, I, I think this is going to be a big year for AD, regardless if he wins awards or not. My bold prediction: I'm I'm not fully committed to saying the Lakers are going to have the best regular season record outright. I'm not ready to go there yet because. Uh, anybody who reads espionation.com may have seen my prediction on, or maybe not my prediction, but how high I am on the Warriors. I think if all of the pieces come together there, I think there's a real chance they end up with the best record in the Western Conference. I, that's honestly more of a hot take than that's a bold take you just <laughs> buried in there, but go right, on. right, right. Um, but I will say. Since I'm not ready to go there yet, I do think by the turn of the calendar year, the Lakers will have the best record in the Western Conference, and I'm not sure it will be close as we as we turn to 2022. You look at how light their schedule is to start the season, even with their injuries, I think they're going to breeze through it. And it's not just injuries the Lakers have to be worrying about either, it's having to integrate a whole new offensive system with three stars, something they haven't had to do. God, when was the last time the Lakers had three stars on their team? Um, uh, well, the this is going to be fun year. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right, right. So maybe rewind it a little bit. I, I was thinking that that season is just so blacked out from my mind. <laughs> um that I was thinking I wish Kobe. Was. <laughs> I was thinking Kobe Powell Lamar. Um, but yeah, let's let's go with that. Let's hope it's it's better than that. Knock on um, wood, pound on wood, everybody, please. <laughs> and uh yeah, I think there's a, a very, very good chance that uh the Lakers get off to a really strong start. And that's my prediction. I don't know how bold that is. I think. Yeah, on one hand, you can look at Russell Brown and AD and say, of course, they're going to start the season strong. Those those dudes are good. But as we saw in the 2012-13 season, there are also many ways it can go bad. Yeah, that team certainly didn't start the season strong. Um, no, I, I could see it. Like, the West is so weird this year in that I think despite bringing in a, like a whole new roster, basically. I think the Lakers are in a tier of their own. Um, I just don't really see anybody with as much talent as them. Like, 
the jazz i'm t- like literally do something before we talk about you again i don't want to hear any more t- like things from how good their regular season is and all these records are breaking like do anything in the playoffs um i think i maybe i'm just uh still scarred from last season i think the bucks and suns are going to have a, a pretty big hangover from last season similar to what the Lakers and Heat did last year in that injuries are going to mount up, especially as the season goes along. Uh, they didn't have – I mean, it's it's all the same things that happened to the Lakers last year. So I, I don't know that the Suns – they also had crazy good injury luck last year. Right. Um, and after that, I mean, Denver maybe, but not having Jamal Murray is, at, is huge, obviously. So yeah, I, I could I think the Lakers overall are in a tier of their own. Um and yeah, I, I think there's a, a realistic chance that it's it's a lot like that 2019-20 season where they kind of ran away from everybody and stayed four, five, six games up on everybody in the conference most of the season. Yeah, I think that I think that's an apt comparison and I wouldn't be surprised to see it go that way. But again, there is the possibility that their injuries and their lack of familiarity catches up to them or bites them in the butt very early in the season. So we'll see what happens. I said this on a a podcast that I was on earlier this weekend. There just really isn't that team in the West for me that strikes me as the favorite even on paper outside of the Lakers, like you can make the case for Utah, but I am so with you on the lack of interest in the Utah fanfare. It's been that it's been that for two seasons and what do they have to show for it? I'll give you a hint, not a championship, (laughs) Not, not even a Western conference finals appearance. Uh, and AD absolutely loves torching Gobert anytime they meet. So I'm taking that as well. I Yeah, I mean, I'm not even sure who I'd say would be the next best. I think it's probably going to be somebody from the Suns, Jazz, and Nuggets. Uh, you probably think the Warriors, apparently. But listen, uh, <laughs> that... I, they, they are going to have a lot of, maybe by the end of the season, there's a lot of uh, integrating and, and rust that Clay is going to have to shake off and some young guys and whatnot. So I could maybe see it at the end of the season, but I think it's probably going to be one of the Suns, Jazz, and Nuggets as the second best team. None of those teams scare me. Honestly, the team that might scare me the most is the Mavericks, and that's just because Luka's insane. And I'm, I think he's capable of like taking over a series. Yeah, I remember sitting on my phone scrolling through twitter the first game of preseason and somebody was like luca has 39 points through this many quarters <laughs> and i was yeah. like what are you doing it's you don't have to go this hard it's it's preseason but uh what was their big move dallas's big move in the off they season did, they didn't make one that that's kind of the joke they keep they keep doing that and claiming that they they tried to go get Kyle Lowry. They like pretended that they were going to make some big move for a ball handler and didn't they Reggie Bullock. I mean, that might be, yeah. that's a, that's their big move. I guess I, I would imagine that they're going to be the favorites if Goran Dragic is bought out, which I think he will be. But I mean, I, I don't know. I, 
I don't think that team is really any different from last season. So unless you think Porzingis is going to turn it around after a string of pretty bad seasons, or you think Jason Kidd's going to unlock this team, which, <laughs> yeah, that was their big move was firing Carlisle and hiring Jason Kidd. So outside of that, I, I, Luca is literally the only reason I would be worried about that team. Yeah. I, of those things that you mentioned, I think it's more likely Porzingis has about bounce back season, but I mean, how likely is that? Uh, let's move on to our second prediction. Uh, I'll let you take the floor once again. So this is about the fan favorite. I shouldn't have said earlier that 80 is the only one that looked good. This guy has looked really good, and he's become the fan favorite of the preseason. I think Austin Reeves is going to be a regular rotation guy, even when everybody is healthy. Uh, he... Even for a rookie, like a lot of the small things he does is really good, which like to see somebody that young pick up on is shocking. Um, But I think probably as much as anything is he's pretty good defensively. He's able to guard some bigger guys. And I don't know if you, how much you watched the Lakers this preseason, but defense wasn't always a top priority. So um, I think he has some versatility positionally that he can guard a couple different positions, which would help him get on the floor anyway. But uh, he's just a really smart basketball player. Like the, I can't remember. I assume it was the Suns when it was LeBron, AD, Russ, Mello, and Austin Reeves. Like obvi- I know obviously a big chunk of that's because literally every other Lakers guard was injured, but. Uh, I think I think he's going to be like a regular roti- rotation piece. I don't know who becomes the odd man out or how things are shuffled around, but I think Austin Reeves is legit. I totally agree. And that was one of my, I guess, honorable mention uh, predictions because I took a little bit of a stronger stance when it comes to that because I really like Austin Reeves. The fact that I was, I was at the game they played against the Warriors where he got some run in with the starters. And I was like, well, this should be fun for him. It was fun for everybody on the court. Like he's just a smart player and seemed to make the, the game easier on his teammates played within his role. Didn't try to do too much. And that's the exact type of players you need outside of that big three. Any guy that's trying to do too much outside of that big three. I imagine isn't going to get much playing time. Mm-hmm. Um, and even with the bench, like it's a really small sample size, but Austin Reeves shot really, really well from three. And I think that's just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to his offensive game. The big thing coming with him coming out of college was just how much he had in his bag. And uh, I've looked forward to seeing that expand in the coming seasons, maybe not this season. Uh, but in the meantime, I think he is going to get rotation minutes. And as a result, some players that may be projected to ha- have bigger roles on this team will lose out on minutes. Uh, and when you're looking at how many guards there are on this roster, it's not just going to be one guy. It's going to be multiple guys that we predicted would have a, a bigger role on this team. And for that reason, this may not 
come as a surprise to you <laughs> that my brain's already going here. But I think the Lakers, I think the Lakers clear out some of that log jam at the guard positions at the trade deadline. And if, if you, you didn't ask me for a name, I'm going to give you a name anyway. I think if Austin Reeves continues his trajectory the way I believe it's going to go, I think Kendrick Nunn's the odd man out by the time we get to the trade deadline. I started to do some form of a hot take or not what a, a bold prediction uh, mm-hmm. about, you know, X player won't be on the Lakers, yada, yada, yada. And I, I gave it about 10 seconds thought. And then I said, there is no chance Christian is not putting this as one of his hot takes. <laughs> so I'm not messing with it. Um, it'll be interesting because early on, it's going to be pretty easy to give Austin Reeves playing time because THT and Ariza aren't available. Ellington, it doesn't sound like he's going to be available or I should say, I'd be surprised if he's available for the first game, at least. I also just, Ellington was rough this preseason Mm -hmm. and especially defensively. He got, he got torched more than a couple times. So I think it's going to be pretty easy early on to get Austin Reeves playing time without sacrificing any from Monk, Nunn, uh, whoever else might be in that mix. But, um, yeah, if he's able to to kind of be that glue guy, I, I, I could very easily see Kendrick Nunn being moved because he's the only, like, movable contract. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could pair him with a, a buyout guy, or not a buyout guy, a minimum contract guy or two, and get somebody on a, on a kind of mid level type of contract. So, uh, I, I could pretty easily see that. Uh, it'll be interesting though, because with how long THT and Ariza are going to be out and, uh, how guys play and whatnot, I don't know if they're going to be ready to make that type of move by yeah. the trade deadline, but, That's fair. but other than that, like I, this all stemming from us really being impressed with Austin Reeves, I I think is the broader thing because, like you were saying, he's like the perfect type of glue guy you need in these lineups with your LeBrons, Russes, ADs, uh, things like that. And the Lakers don't really have many guys like that. Bazemore is probably one of them. Uh, Ariza might have been. We'll see in two months if he is. Uh, and then, like, Reeves. So... Uh, he, I I think that's why he's going to find playing time. And listen, like more competition in those spots is good. It pushes mm-hmm. guys to to play more. So maybe it ultimately ends in a lot of guys playing really well. But we'll see. It, it's interesting. It wasn't a. I certainly wasn't expecting Austin Reeves to do this. Like even after he got his guaranteed contract before the the preseason or training camp even started, I wasn't expecting this. So uh, I think. I, it sounds like we both agree he's going to be a, a a piece of this Lakers rotation this season. Yeah, it's it's crazy that we're having these conversations, and maybe they die down in a similar way that you know when Talon at the beginning of last year, I want to say it seemed like he was going to be a really big part of the rotation because of how well he started the season, and then he just fell out for a little bit because he was struggling as you know, second, second year players do. And 
you know, the there's the reason the rookie wall stigma exists because, you know, players do hit that. And I wouldn't be surprised if Austin Reeves hits that spent some time in the G league. Uh, but I do think the, that he has the support of not only his teammates, but I think Frank Vogel really likes him. We've heard nothing but really good things about him. So LeBron uh, with, likes him apparently because he was, uh, <laughs> after him aside. Yeah, yeah, after practice on Sunday, uh, stopped him from going over plays on a clipboard to tell him to come over and shoot with him. So I maybe that's the guard LeBron wants to build around. Maybe it's Russ that's traded <laughs> at the deadline. Uh, for who, Buddy Heald, you think? I was laughing. At, I, I didn't watch the game live on Thursday, but I hope Lakers Twitter was full of Russ and Buddy jokes. After <laughs> Buddy looked like he played pretty well. I only got through the first about two and a half quarters, but... Yeah, I mean, you can still finish off like the 47-team trade. There's still time. The season doesn't start for about another 24 hours. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back with our final prediction. I, I'm going to be I, – I didn't expect us to start off so hot. It's going to be hard to close it on a doozy, so I have you. I hope you have your fastball. I do not. I started off hot and then I faded out. Uh, I don't think this is a fastball, but I put uh, Anthony Davis will start more than 30 games at center. Damn you. Okay. Well, I have to use one of my backups. I think. (laughs) Okay. It's not exactly the same, but it is on the same page. My prediction was that Anthony Davis is going to play a career high minutes at center. Yeah. Uh, But. Please humor me. I make all the points I was going to make, please. Uh, so the obviously this preseason, I was trying to think of a nice way to say this. DeAndre Jordan didn't look good. And he looked like a, the version that fell out of the rotation in Brooklyn. He's slower than he was in his prime. He's just father time has like taken an edge off him pretty much everywhere. Um, he just isn't as quick, isn't can't get up as quickly, just all those things. Uh, you can pretty easily see watching him why he fell out of the rotation in Brooklyn, even when they just really didn't have any centers. So that was one of the big reasons I think AD, I think on Tuesday, they're going to start with, Russ, Bazemore, LeBron, AD, and DeAndre Jordan. I don't think that's going to last very long. I'm, I'm not Byron Scott, and I'm not going to put an arbitrary number on that. Um, I don't think that's going to last very long. And I could pretty easily see a world where uh, Russ is struggling, uh, the team is struggling overall, and the change they make is to open up the floor, put AD at center, and basically bench DeAndre. And... Uh, it could coincide with them going on a run, and then that's just kind of the solution. There would still be nights, potentially DeAndre or Dwight moves into the starting lineup. I don't really know that there's a lot of, like, bruising big men at this point that they would go up against, but there could be a handful of nights that happens. But ultimately, for this team to be at its best, AD needs to play center and the more reps they get of that during the regular season, the better it's going to look. And 
I, I I mean, you saw it in the preseason that the offense just looks bogged down when when he's at the four. Even if he's able to space the floor, um, teams aren't don't like respect him as a three point shooter enough to make that work. So ultimately, I think it's all going to lead. I don't think they're going to start that way, but I think it's all going to lead to AD playing the five and playing quite a bit of it this season. Yeah, not I I I think it's going to be good when he plays the five with the personnel they have. And that's your boldest prediction yet. AD is yeah. going to be good. <laughs> Maybe this isn't like this doesn't count as as my final prediction or whatever, but I do think Carmelo Anthony is going to play a really big role in the success of those lineups. If there's one other thing that stood out to me about the preseason, other than Anthony Davis looking spry and ready for the season to start, it was that same thing, but with Carmelo Anthony, like I, he's mostly going to be used as a spot up shooter, but he was taking guys off the dribble and, you know, doing those vintage pull-up mid-range jumpers, uh, stepping up from the three-point line, which I know is going to drive a lot of people crazy <laughs> during the season. Um, but I think he's, you know, he's going to be a much bigger role on this team than a lot of people will want. Uh, but I'm hoping that he changes the minds of lots of Lakers fans uh, in the early portion of the season. Yeah, I think... There was always talk forever that uh, people just wanted him to be Olympic mellow all the time. I think that's largely what the Lakers have is Olympic mellow. I mean, he's, I don't remember the last time he played for the Olympic team, but at three, four, five years removed from that. But I tweeted that at some point is that I think this is what Olympic mellow looks like at this point in his career. He, yeah. he shot well from three, which he's going to get a ton of open looks, 43%. Um, he can, he can, I, I, I had a story when he made his debut, which I think is also going to be important to this team. He's going to, he's like the first guy, unless I'm forgetting somebody uh, that has played alongside LeBron and AD that doesn't rely on them uh, heavily or entirely to get a shot. Uh, obviously Russ now. So I guess I should specify role player, but um, I, that's going to be valuable. Like there's going to be times when, LeBron wants to take a possession off and you can just kind of throw it to Carmelo in the post or something like that. It won't be the prettiest possessions, but there's going to be value in that. And there's going to be times where Melo gets hot. And uh, we saw it a couple times this preseason where he can just hit two, three, four shots in a row and go on his personal little 11, nothing run. And uh, against bench units, that's going to be really valuable. So no, I, I think if the Lakers, go to AD early in the season, AD at center, I should say, early in the season, there's a decent argument for Melo to be the guy that moves into the starting lineup, I think. Yeah, especially with Ariza out. Yeah. I think their best defensive lineup will probably feature Ariza at the four. Um, But it is also possible that they're just so good with Melo at the four that it, it, it just doesn't matter, so... It's been interesting, just one more thing. It's been mm-hmm. interesting to hear how much AD has talked about, how how much him and Melo have been communicating about things, which also leads me to believe that he's going to have a pretty big role on this team. Uh, a lot of defensive stuff he was talking about, how they communicate on 
switches and on pick and roll coverages and stuff. So uh, Mello is like fully engaged in this team. I enjoy having him on the team. He's one of the, he has one of the most like aesthetically pleasing jump shots in the league. So just that alone, I could watch him shoot jumpers all day and there might be games where he does it for the Lakers. My final prediction is hot. I think um, <laughs> it's that somebody on the Lakers not named Russell Westbrook will, will average a triple double this season. That's LeBron James. Mm-hmm. I think this is a year. I don't know if he's done it in his career. Very few yes. players have. Um, but if there was ever a team for him to do it on, I think it'll come at the expense of his points per game average. Yes. Um, but if there are going to be lineups where he plays the four next to AD, um, he's going to take some of more of that rebounding burden. Um, obviously, that all depends on what their plan is with Russ and and the run and gun style of play they're gonna they're gonna play. But I could very easily see this being the year that if LeBron doesn't average a triple double, he will come pretty damn close to it. Uh, I think the closest he came was the 2017-18 season, averaged 27.5 points per game, 9.1 assists per game, and 8.6 rebounds per game. He's only a season removed, uh, if I'm saying that correctly. 2019-20, he averaged a double-double, 25.3 points and 10.2 assists. Um, I think he can do it. And, you know, maybe he comes up a point three rebound short. I think if there's any area he comes short, it's probably rebounding. Um, but with the weapons he has around him, specifically Russ and AD, those dudes are going to live at the rim, I'm guessing, uh, with, with how much movement there's going to be around LeBron. Um, we'll see if it happens, but if there's one extremely bold prediction I have, it, it is that. So I would say if there's an area he'll come up short, it would be assists, just because he's not going to have the ball quite as much in those playmaking roles. Uh, Russ, I think is going to have the ball a decent amount. I mean, I think when it matters, LeBron's obviously still going to have the ball, but there's going to be a fair amount of possessions that he is that Russ is going to be the initiator. That's an interesting, that's not something I thought about. That's interesting. I think his scoring will significantly go down this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, significantly meaning like two or three points, but um, that would be the lowest he would have averaged since his rookie season, looking at his stats. So, that would be significant still, but yeah, I could, I pretty easily could see him averaging a career high in rebounds. It was 8.6 in Cleveland, his second to last season there. Uh, Well, he did it a couple times, I should say. So I could see him averaging a career high in rebounds. The assist I think is going to be interesting because um, just because Russ is going to be there. But I mean, there's also the argument that Russ and AD are going to get him more assists just because they're so damn good. So that's interesting. I hadn't thought of that. That's that's a bold take. I don't think it's unreasonable. Uh, I mean, Russ has done it uh, for the last five years. So 
that just a brief aside we went from that never happening to russ doing that for the last five years and i i know triple doubles aren't what they used to be and everybody uh a lot of guys use that to kind of stuff the stat sheet and look good or whatnot averaging a triple double for the last five years is insane to me so yeah i i would think it'd be it would be an impressive feat but i think it's one that i could see lebron doing uh, yeah, and it's not even like a take I'm super confident in. It's just something that I could see happening um, specifically on this team, and I wanted to make it specific to this team. So we'll see. As 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 Russell Westbrook likes to say, why not, you know? Uh, <laughs> I think that is a good place to end our show unless you have anything else to add about Tuesday's game. I'm looking forward to it. I'm ready for for the games to matter. Hopefully this team has a switch. I'm a little nervous about how, I don't want to say lackadaisical, but just their general approach to the preseason was. But they all have been so like confident about patience and get it, that they'll get things right that they've almost, almost spoken it into existence for me. So I'm excited to see what this team giving a damn with a regular rotation as regular as it can be on Tuesday will look like I'm, I'm excited for, for Lakers basketball to be back. Yeah. Either way, I can't lose for my agendas, which are the Warriors are going to be really good. And the Lakers may not be as good as they're going to be at the end of the regular season, but with Russ, LeBron and AD, who cares? So I'm going to be, I'd, I'd like it if the Lakers won, but I'm going to be fine regardless of the result. Uh, so we will check back with in with you guys next week until then enjoy some Dodgers baseball Lakers basketball and uh, I guess if it's your thing uh, LA Galaxy soccer they won for the first time in a little bit the other day so they're hard to enjoy right now but <laughs> try to enjoy them too uh, and we'll, we'll catch you guys next week <laughs>